2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This
3: is Live Bet Saturday on v the Sports Betting Network. Well, back in, folks, Live Bet Saturday. Jonathan Vontobel, Pamela Maldonado here with you with a 4M. The guys will take it over at the D coming up in 60 minutes. But we continue to press on. And uh, we are keeping our eye, Wichita State and Memphis. Memphis officially come to, has come back. They take a one-point lead over the Shockers. Uh, Wichita State, though, we've got a foul call here. So it looks like we've got a couple of free throws potentially coming with the Shockers down by one. Ronnie DeGray at the free throw line for today for a six and a 75% free throw shooter for the season. We'll see if he can get his team on top with 16 seconds left to go. Let's welcome in our next guest, continue to talk about college basketball. Tanner McGrath is with us, College Basketball Contributor, Action Network. Tanner, uh, before we move on to the, the games today, Memphis is pretty fascinating because <laughs> they are a team that is on the bubble. The has got him as a last four in and as an 11 seed. What do you make of this as a 10-point favorite today, potentially getting upset by Wichita State?
4: Ever since that South Florida debacle, they've kind of looked off. I don't know. Uh, I like Penny Hardaway as a coach. I like kind of the roster that he builds. Um, Seems like they go through a lot of lulls, maybe having some bad shooting luck. Uh, Can't really make much of it right now. I know they're a fade in the short term, but I'm hoping they can pull it together by the time March comes
3: around. All right, real quick, Pam, before you go, um, Wichita State missed free throws. So first one ties it. Second one is no good. So we're 63 all with 12.8 seconds left to go. Memphis has called the
5: timeout. I'm all... Talking about the games to come, but let's look at the game that already wrapped up, and that's UConn against St. John's. Still number one after defeating St. John. This win for UConn, how does this validate them in the Big East?
4: Amazing that they won without Alex Caravan. I I I bet St. John's today. I thought that St. John's, um, their um, matchup zone defense would really throw off Yukon secondary actions, especially without Caravan. But they pulled it out. And I mean, the big thing, I think this says a little bit more about St. John's. You have a home game, kind of your backs are against the wall. And still, the backcourt of Jordan Dingle and Denise Jenkins can't get anything going in ball screens. They're not shooting well. They're not making enough shots. And I worry if Rick Petino can pull it together on the offensive end throughout the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, St. John's. I've talked to a couple people, maybe a sexy um, futures prospect. And I think you like them, right, Tanner, as a futures prospect?
4: Yeah, I do. And unfortunately, you know, this loss was definitely detrimental to my agendas, but I, the way that I'm looking at them in the long-term markets is that they've been held back by injuries and other ailments, you know, like RJ Lewis missed a few games at the start of the season. COVID ran rampant in December, getting Jordan Dingle and Rick Pitino at times, but now everyone's starting to get healthy. Um, And like I mentioned that matchup zone defense, it's when it's, executed well it's really really effective because it's so havoc based forces so many turnovers they press at a high level and the defense can really can come into its own They're a top 20 defensive efficiency team since the new year and offensively they like i said they have those really good high-end guards you know like the upside is really high with that backcourt if they can start scoring in ball screens and if they can start making a few more three-point shots which they are due for i think they've been getting a little unlucky in big east play the Johnnies. Could pair, you know, a great backcourt with a great defense and good offensive rebounders, and that's the type of team that I like to buy in a tournament context. So I'm still looking at the Johnnies in like, you know, Final Four markets. I think I bought them plus 2,400. You might be able to get a better number after this loss, but again, I, it, I don't know when that backcourt's going to start pulling it together.
5: In terms of betting, I like to look at teams that are playing at a consistent basis. Duke, 10-10 against the spread of the season. That's not really consistent. Something that has been a little bit more so is North Carolina has gone under in 13 of the last 21 games. North Carolina, four and a half point favorites. The total is 150 and a half. What's the play for this one?
4: Yeah, you said it. I love the under here. This is a smash spot under for me. Not only is this a monster rivalry game and where you know the nerves could kind of get to shooters early or late, But I love the matchup for both defenses. North Carolina runs what I like to call a pace and post offense. Uh, They use their elite three-guard trio, you know, Cadeau, Davis, Ryan, to push the pace in transition and then dump the ball down low to Armando Baycott. But you're going up against an elite transition denial defense in Duke. Their guards, uh, Roach, McCain, Proctor, are hard-nosed athletic defenders that can keep up with the backcourt, but also physical enough to throw the heels off their game. And Duke is a good post defense, low block defense. Uh, Kyle Filipowski Mark Mitchell, two skilled bigs that grade out well and post-up PPP allowed. They'll bother and contain Baycott. On the other end of the court, North Carolina, also an elite transition denial defense. They actually rank top five nationally in fast break points per game and points per possession allowed. So now the team's going to get up and down the court here. But more importantly, North Carolina is a good roll man defense, which is crucial against Duke because the short and hard roll to Filipowski is Duke's main source of offense. Last two games between these two flew under the closing total, like way under. It was like 62-57, 63-57, two games that closed with a total around 145. I expect more of the same on Saturday.
3: All right, let's go to a conference that I absolutely adore watching, San Diego State, Utah State, and the Mountain West. Danny Sprinkles did a great job here with the Aggies. Uh, But now they're going on the road taking on this uh, Aztec squad. They're about five-and-a-half-point favorites. Can the Aztecs get this done here against Utah State today?
4: Yes, this is the ultimate sell-high, buy-low spot. Utah State, 7-1 and one in league play, atop the Mountain West standings, have built a seemingly unstoppable cut-and-post offense behind great Osborne. San Diego State, meanwhile, look like a shell of themselves. They've lost three of five, fourth place in the league. But all three of those losses are really good losses. I mean, they lost to New Mexico, Boise State, and Colorado State, all on the road, top three teams in the Mountain West. Lost to Boise by one, cut the Colorado State lead to one in, you know, late in the second half. They're not playing that bad. Um, Brian Dutra's defense is still the best in the conference by all the metrics. They've been a tad unlucky on offense. They're only shooting 29% from three in conference play, but I should see some positive shooting regression there. You know, Great losses, been unlucky. That's a team that I want to buy, and it's a good bounce back spot here after the loss of the Rams. Meanwhile, Utah State, due for a loss, have had some close wins, like one point over UNLV, overtime over Boise. And Utah State, meanwhile, due for a lot of negative shooting regression on defense, opponents are only shooting 27% from three in conference play. That should be closer to like 34%. Expect more threes to fall against them. Great situational spot, good regression play. And I also think that this is like a kitchen sink back against the wall game for Brian Dutcher. I expect the Aztecs' best effort and Dutcher's best game plan against the current best team in Mountain West. And it's worth mentioning that Dutcher is a renowned game planner. I expect his best today, and I expect the Aztecs to roll to a big win.
5: That's a specific matchup today for the Mountain West. Looking at the broader picture, there are six teams inside the top 60 in Camp rankings. Would you say that it is overrated, underrated, or probably rated just right if the Mountain West played a Big 12 or Big East schedule?
4: I would say it's rated about right. I think that the top end of that league is really, really talented. I mean... New Mexico, Colorado State, they have great backcourts. Boise State and San Diego State are two good defenses. Um, Utah State, probably a little overrated, but they're still really, really legit. Um, and even like some of the depth in that league, like Nevada is really good. I think Air Force looks good today. Um, it, it's I think it's properly rated. It's a really good league. Top 10, maybe top 5.
3: Come on, Pam. It's, a great, it's one of the best conferences I know out there. you let's love go. your Mel oh, yeah. West. Let's go. Come on. Uh, UNLV, too. Very talented team that I think uh, could make a run and would be able to beat anybody in that conference. All right. <laughs> let's talk about, I, I, th- I think it's the spot of spots here, Tanner. Texas A&M's playing Florida. Second oh, Two yeah. consecutive overtime games. You upset Kentucky on the road last time out. Now you're laying about one and a half, two with Texas A&M. What am I missing with the short number?
4: You're missing nothing. It is. It's the spot of the day spot of all spots, Florida snuck away with a couple of crazy lucky overtime wins, including that one over Kentucky where coach Cal again, did not foul up three yep. Texas A&M. Meanwhile, you know, lost at home to Ole Miss at a somewhat unlucky fashion. Rebels shot 10 for 24 from three. So I think it's kind of a good letdown spot for Florida and a good bounce back spot for Texas A&M. Also, you know, Texas A&M, I think is arguably the most undervalued team in the sport, potential team to buy in futures markets. Um, and, the reason why is that, look, they're, they're fourth nationally in shot quality's adjusted efficiency metrics. They're 47th in Ken Palms. What is the disconnect there? Well, shot quality measures adjusted efficiency based on the quality of shots taken and allowed while Ken Palm measures, you know, if they actually went in or not. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a way to cut through variance and project regression. And the Aggies have not made a shot all year. Yeah, they rank top 50 in shot quality shot selection metric, and they should be shooting around 33% by their metrics from three. They've made 25% of their threes in conference play. And once more shots fall, I think this team turns into a wagon. They do so many things well. Uh, Wade Taylor, stud point guard, leading leading a relatively efficient ball screen attack. Tyrese Radford is a stud downhill driving isolation scorer in an isolation-based rim running attack. They don't turn the ball over. They get to the line plenty. They crash the offensive boards better than any team in the nation, grab every 50-50 ball, make the most of Broken's plays, and the interior defense is excellent. You know, they only allow 25 paint points per game. I'm hoping more shots fall against Florida on Saturday, but I think they can win either way. Initially, I was worried that Florida's drop defensive coverage, like, which prioritizes protecting the three-point line and rim could bother Texas A&M's rim-running offense. But Florida's interior defense is not that good. You know, they allow 34 pain points per game. They're like league, you know, nation average and at-the-rim defense. Uh, Michael Handelgan is not a great, uh, you know, anchor in that middle of that interior defense. So why shouldn't Texas A&M be able to just drive to the rim every single time? I also think they'll be able to generate favorable isolation mismatches via switches. Florida's transition or isolation defense is poverty, excuse me. Florida shouldn't keep Texas A&M off the offensive boards. They're like 130th in defensive rebounding rate, 220th in second chance points per possession allowed. And on the other end of the floor, Florida is a transition-only offense. Transition denial is crucial against the Gators. And Texas A&M is a top 70 transition defense that should keep them at bay. I love the situational spot. I love the schematic matchup. And I love this uber-undervalued Texas A&M team against Florida in a letdown
3: spot. Awesome, love it. You got 10 seconds. Uh, Houston, Kansas, you like Houston? I do like Houston, I'll go
4: quick. Um, never been a believer in Kansas. I think that they don't have the necessary floor spacers. Johnny Furphy is due for shooting regression. And I think there are some injury concerns with Kansas, Kevin McCuller and Hunter
3: Dickinson in particular. Tanner, awesome stuff. That was fantastic, dude. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tanner. Thank
4: you. Hope to see you guys soon.
3: Uh, by the way, jumper good. Memphis gets the win here over Wichita State. David Jones, with about two seconds left on the clock, gives the Tigers a big victory against Wichita State. They don't cover that as 10-point favorites. We come back. we got plenty left to get to here in the final hour live at Saturday. Hey, before you bet on the big game, make sure you check out V-SIN's big game prop special show today. Guys at the handle are going to have you covered which props are going to cash those tickets, a look at entertainment props, some best bets from the guys, and more. And if you want all of your Super Bowl coverage, well, check it all out on the brand new website, vsin.com slash Super Bowl. That's vsin.com slash Super Bowl. But very much looking forward to the handles. Prop special today, 7 p.m. Eastern, for those who are interested. And if you miss it, you can check out the replays up on the website at beastin.com but the handle with the prop special today 7 p.m eastern 7 p.m eastern hey guess what it's at 7 p.m eastern the handle prop special check it out now All right, that's advertising. You got to repetitive, right? You got to get it into the system. Let's go. All right, I pounded the last quarter of my energy drink. I'm ready to finish strong, and we're talking (laughs) about one of my passions, one of my favorite things. Munaf Manji is with us now, NBA analyst for SGPN. Let's talk a little bit about some hoops later today from the professional standpoint. Uh, Munaf, we appreciate some time, so let's start with the fascinating team. Uh, Bucks, go into Portland. They lose Damian Lillard's return. Now they're part of this road trip. They're in Dallas here against the Mavericks four and a half point favorites thereabout. about what do you make of this matchup for Milwaukee uh, after these last couple of losses in ofer uh, in doc rivers tenure so far short though
9: yeah i mean like- Rare uh that it is a Doc uh Rivers tenure now, right? And I think, think there's a bit of an adjustment period there for the Bucks going from their previous coaching, Adrian Griffin now to doc uh, Doc Rivers uh system, right? But I think there's a good spot here uh for the Milwaukee Bucks on the four and a half year on the road. Um Mavericks, they're just struggling right now, especially on the defense side of the basketball. If you take a look, they're dead last in most of the uh defensive statistical categories of the last five games, dead last in defensive efficiency, and they're also dealing with a plethora of injuries. There'll be without Kyrie Irving, who's officially doubtful on the injury report. He's dealing with a thumb injury, uh, their starting center. They drafted in the first round, last uh, draft, Derek Lively, the second, he's also listed as doubtful and Derek Jones Jr., also a role player who's been pretty good for them this uh, season. He's also questionable. So also you take a look at the fact, the Mavericks have failed to cover uh, five of their last six games thus far uh, this season over the last six games, I should say. So I think it's a good spot. For Giannis and company to come in, uh, get a W. I think this should be a, a, a at least a five-point victory at minimum here for the Milwaukee Bucks. I just expect them to dominate on the boards here with Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis coming off the bench. So I look, to look here for the Milwaukee Bucks.
5: JVT likes looking at specific matchups. I like looking at more broader general picture things, maybe even to the futures market. So that despite the fact that they aren't a good against the spread team, you have the Suns playing some of the best basketball as of late because you have Kevin Durant, Booker, and Beal. They are all healthy right now. When those three are on the floor, their offensive numbers have been absolutely stellar. Sustainability aside, what makes the Suns a threat to win the West?
9: I mean, you named it right there, health, right? That's That's been the biggest thing for this Phoenix Suns team that they had Kevin Durant coming in and out of the lineup. you know, Devin Booker missed some time. Bradley Beal early in the season was dealing with injuries as well. But Pam, like you mentioned, with all three of those players are on the court, this team is and can be one of the best offensive teams uh, in the entire association. I think they may need to make a one more type of move uh, to maybe add a little bit of depth to that bench there. I know Eric Gordon has been really good for this team as well. Grayson Allen has been great for them as well, uh, but I think that they able to add a little bit of depth, at least at that center position behind Yusuf Nurkic as well. I think this team could be a thread uh, in the Western conference. And I think, again, they're still developing that chemistry as well, because like you mentioned, those big three just haven't had enough games together right now. I think that if they're able to stay healthy going to the all-star break coming out of the all-star break. I think this team can definitely kind of standings in the Western conference and be a serious threat to come out of the West to get to the NBA Finals.
3: So just focusing still on big picture, and then we'll get back to some of these um, so these individual plays. But going back to Milwaukee, any I mean, I guess there would be concern. But when you watch them defensively, and you've seen the way this, you know, this looks for Milwaukee, and the way the Eastern Conference could shake out, we don't know what the future holds for Joel Embiid. What's your level of concern for Milwaukee? Where do you put them in the Eastern Conference? So do you believe that they're going to be able to turn this thing around here in the second half of the season?
9: I think so. I think that there was some rift between the players and you know their previous coach and Adrian Griffin. Now they bring in a players' head coach, right? In Doc Rivers. I know Doc Rivers' resume is not the greatest in the world, right? He has that one championship where he was with the Boston Celtics. He's bro- blowing numerous leads in the playoffs, having either a three-two lead or a three-one lead. But if you take a look at this roster, you still have a or or not arguably, but one of the best players in the NBA, and Giannis. You could argue that maybe Damian Lillard's a top 15, top 20 player. And you still have the role players that were on this team from the championship that that they won a few seasons ago, right? Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. They also got back Jake Crowder. I think that's really big for this uh, Milwaukee Bucks team. So I think that they'll be able to figure it out, especially in the Eastern Conference right now that we don't know, like you mentioned, the future of Joel Embiid right now with the knee injury. So it's going to be between Boston and Milwaukee right now. Miami's is always a threat. We know they try to coast through the regular season. They can flip the switch in the NBA playoffs. Uh, but I think for this Milwaukee team, I think they, they'll be able to get it together. Defense is what they really need to focus on. I think that there was a significant drop off, obviously from going from drew holiday uh, to Damian Lillard, but I think doc rivers should be able to help them on the defensive side of the basketball because offensively all the talent is there for this Milwaukee bucks team. But I still think they should be one of the favorites coming out of the Eastern conference to get to the NBA finals.
5: I mentioned the Suns having a surge. Well, so are the Knicks. They're the hottest team in the NBA right now, winning 15 of the last 17 games, including nine in a row, covering 14 of those 17. 30-1 to 1 right now to win the title. Is there any reason to expect that we should see this surge continue to give them value into the futures market?
9: You take a look at what this team has done since they turned the calendar year, right? Since the trade they made for OG and Anobi. and it seems like finally that Tom Thibodeau has the players that he wants on this roster that are going to be playing that hard-nosed defense, right? You picked up Josh Hart, you picked up Dante Divincenzo, you traded for OG and Obi. This team defensively has been outstanding, and the fact that they're also playing at this high of a level with all the injuries that they've been dealing with, right? They lost Julius Randle for another two to three weeks now. Jalen Brunson, I mean, you can make the con conver- put him in the conversation for MVP because he's just playing at a very very high level right now. Um, I would take it a step further, further, and maybe put some money down on Jalen Brunson to win that MVP if they're able to continue having this success right now. Obviously, they're not going to win every single game, but if they're able to climb into that top three, top two in that Eastern Conference, where again, like we mentioned with Joel Embiid's injury, I'm not I'm not very confident in the Boston Celtics. I'm not a huge fan of their coach. But I think that New York is surging in the right direction because they have the guys that can play defense. They have the guys that can put the ball uh, inside the basket. They have a good head coach as well. So this Knicks team, if you're a Knicks fan, you should definitely be excited. I would, I mean, at 30 to one, I don't think, I don't, I don't hate that number because we've seen this team. They've had success in the playoffs. Now with Jalen Brunson, I think they could take that next step forward and possibly, who knows, they could get into the Eastern Conference Finals.
3: And speaking of the Knicks, you've got something on uh, Josh Hart tonight, correct?
9: Yes, sir. Uh, Josh Hart, rebounds and assists over 12 and a half here tonight. Uh, I mentioned the injuries that they are dealing with, right? Julius Randle being out. OG Ananobi is officially questionable. He's missed the past several games with an elbow injury. Josh Hart has filled in very nicely uh, with those injuries that uh, the Knicks are dealing with right now. He's averaging 10 rebounds and 5.6 assists per game over the last five games. Um, he also had a triple double against the Utah Jazz uh, back on January 30th 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. I'm expecting a lower scoring game here uh, between the Lakers and the Knicks here tonight. So I expect the rebounding opportunities to be there. Expect him to facilitate the offense as well. Uh, He's gone over this projection in four straight games. I don't think the market has adjusted enough to what Josh Hart has been able to do. A lot of times you say one plus one equals two. Josh Hart rebounds and assists over twelve and a half.
3: I like it. Manaf Manji with us again, NBA analyst, SGPN. Uh, let's make sure we get your other bet hidden before we get you out of here. Uh, intriguing battle of, of centers: uh, Cleveland, San Antonio. Jared Allen. What do you expect for him today?
9: Well, I couldn't come on here without uh, giving a shout out to the Texas Longhorns. I know yeah. obviously fans from Austin <laughs> yeah. here. So Jared Allen, pra over twenty nine and a half. Allen played ball at the University of Texas. He was born in Austin as well. So kind of a homecoming game, but right? I know they're in San Antonio. It's about an hour and a half from San Antonio to Austin, but I'm going to take a look what Allen has been able to do over the last five games in particular against the San Antonio Spurs, 18.8 points per game, 12.8 rebounds, 1.6 assists in that span. These teams faced seats other earlier, earlier this season in Cleveland. And in that game, Jared Allen had 29 points and 16 rebounds alone. He didn't need the assist part of it. Um, and also over the last five games alone, Jared Allen's averaging 18.6 points per game, 12.6 rebounds and 2.2 assist. I know they got Evan Mobley back, but I feel like Evan Mobley is still going to be on a minutes restriction coming back from the knee injury, but I, maybe who knows? He maybe has friends and family in the stands here tonight. He's back home in Texas uh, near Austin in San Antonio. I expect him to dominate on the boards here tonight and also get the uh, points as well, because the San Antonio Spurs they really don't have that traditional big man, right? I know they have Victor Wynman but he's a guy that can play almost all five positions for the San Antonio Spurs, but they've been giving it up to the center position. I think Jared Allen has another huge game here tonight. So I'll take Jared Allen PRA over 29 and a half here tonight against the uh, San Antonio Spurs.
3: All right, enough, we got a minute left. Um, who's the best team in the Western Conference and why is it the Los Angeles Clippers?
9: <laughs> I, I know I've talked a lot about this and it is the Los Angeles Clippers right now because when they made that trade for the James, uh, for James Harden, there was a a period where they were kind of going through that growing pains. But on paper, this team is one of the deepest teams uh, in the entire association, right? James Harden has found his role. Russell Westbrook, a true professional, said, hey, let me go to the bench. Let me come off the bench. Let me help this team. He's able to do that. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they're healthy, right? Kawhi Leonard, we can argue a top five player in the NBA. Paul George can make the argument another top 10, top 15 player in the NBA as well. This team is healthy. If they're able to stay healthy, I think they'll be able to come out of the Western Conference because they are playing some extremely great basketball, both on the offense and the defense side of the basketball right now.
3: Manath, that was awesome, man. Thank you very much for the insight and the time today. Thank you guys for having me. appreciate it. Again, Manath Manji, NBA analyst, SGPN. You don't have to get one Clippers reference in today. Come on now. (laughs) Always got to do it. All right, 47-44. Speaking of Texas, Longhorns have been leading pretty much this whole way on the road against TCU. Can they continue to get it done? We'll find out we got 30 minutes left on Live Bet Saturday with myself and Pam. If you're looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VSIN. New customers. If you're out there, you want to bet the Super Bowl for the first time, You get five bucks in that account. Guess what? You get 200 instantly. Come on. In bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook and Official, sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code VSIN. The crown is yours. Come on. Use the code. If you don't, my children won't eat. Let's go. Come on. You want my kids (laughs) to starve? I don't think you want that. All right. So use the code VSIN. All right. Football.
5: Football. Yeah, huh? Let's go.
3: <laughs> so there's a lot of different ways we can go to this. I mean, there's a lot going on. I'm going to ask you this because I don't think we've asked you. And if we have, it's a four-hour show. Okay. Your favorite prop for Super Bowl 58. I forgot about all the numbers already. Yeah, 58. Is what?
5: I mean, it's got to be, to me, the most obvious don't one. Don't go Use check. Nope. Okay. Almost. Close second. Uh, no, uh, I'm going to go with running back Isaiah Pacheco over 65 and a half total rushing yards. He is the legitimate threat to the 49ers defense. Why? Because according to Baltimore beat writer who we had last week, Pacheco runs mean and he has to absolutely do that in this matchup. Um, And it's true. He's a violent downhill running style. And because of that, he's only he's 216 pounds. But Pacheco, he gets the volume, which is more important to me. 20 plus attempts in two of his last three games. And we have seen the most vulnerable part of the San Francisco defense against the run. So I really think he's going to be such a key cog in this offense for the Chiefs. And we talked about earlier, the team that rushes more is probably going to be the one that comes out with a win. You're going to have a heavy dose of Pacheco. I love his over rushing yards. I am contemplating doing a ladder on him. I think if he can surpass 100, which he's highly capable of, that's what gets the job done for the Chiefs.
3: Okay, I like it. What is a betting pro- what is a prop that you are considering but have not gotten there yet? That you have not uh, uh, dove into? Not Kyle Juszczyk.
5: I was going to say Kyle Juszczyk. Um No, I think I would probably, the one that i uh, teetering right now is Brock Purdy over twen, 12 and a half rushing yards, simply because I don't like taking props on the team that I am opposed. So if I like the Chiefs, I don't really want to touch 49ers props. But he did showcase the multiple scrambles against Detroit. Uh, Brock Purdy had 48 rushing yards, and he has hit the over in three of his last five games. And because Casey's defense is vulnerable against running uh, mobile quarterbacks, not saying Purdy is mobile, but even somebody like Tua Tagovailoa had 25 rushing yards. So I think because the pass Purdy's rush, sneaky athletic, sneaky athletic, and Just because like every of the, other white guy, and because of the pass rush, it is formidable against for the Chiefs. Purdy's going to have to do a little bit more with his legs.
3: I am not sneaky athletic, by the way. I guess like, <laughs> I, I got pretty good hand-eye coordination. I've, I've actually got pretty solid hand-eye coordination.
5: Maybe Kelly is sneaky athletic. Maybe um, that's the underlying thing. I watched see. her swing a golf club.
3: <laughs> there is no sneaky athleticism there. Um, there is just a lack of athleticism there, which is why. You know, you're you're an athlete, Pam. You know, you you did bodybuilding. Um, you played body tennis. Building? What's do, that?
5: Do bodybuilding. Oh, sorry.
3: Excuse me. Yeah, you do <laughs> bodybuilding. Sorry, we were talking one time. And I know you said that you were doing a different version of bodybuilding, so I apologize. I, I got <laughs> confused, but yes, you did that. Uh, you were in the competition as well, right, for our audience. What's your background there, really quickly?
5: Um, I was a bikini competitor. There I don't think I'm going to do that again, but I am okay. contemplating uh, powerlifting.
3: All right, there you go. <laughs> See? So Pam, Pam's an athlete, right? Plays golf, plays, um, plays tennis, bodybuilding, all sorts of things. So you know the value of hydration.
5: Right. Gatorade props.
3: Gatorade color bath <laughs> odds. Purple is the favorite at plus 175. Yellow, green, plus 275. Orange and blue, plus 330. Red, plus 500. Clear, 12 to 1. No Gatorade bath, 20 to 1. That should be like 1,000 to 1. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into the hardcore handicap here, what is the best Gatorade flavor?
5: Uh, Which... I don't drink Gatorade. The, what? I, the I Gatorade. thought you were an athlete. I drink I thought... Gatorade Zeros, and I don't remember what the pink one is. What's the pink one?
3: I don't know, but it's not any of these colors, <laughs> to tell you that much. So.
5: <laughs> I drink the pink one, but I love pink, so it's right. by default. So,
3: so these are the last 10 Super Bowls. Uh, you see the breakdown here. Blue was on a pretty good run before purple was used for the Chiefs last year, but purple. Last year, blue, three out of the four. Orange, then you get yellow, you get none. So what's that with the Patriots? None, huh? None as in we didn't see it or there was no bath? Because that's pretty interesting. But the blues have it. If you look at the last 10 years, blue has taken up four of the last six years. That's a pretty good run here for blue. The question is, what is it this year? And I'll say this. You want me to correlate this really quickly? If the Kansas City Chiefs, if you like the Kansas City Chiefs, do you not take a flyer on none? uh Oh. Because this, if the Chiefs win, this is old hat. We've done this already. We've been here before. We don't need a celebration. We've won Super Bowls. (laughs) This is nothing. This is our third and fourth years, folks. We don't care. We don't need a Gatorade bath because we've done it. And we're going to do it again. No Gatorade bath, 20 to 1, heavily correlates to the Kansas City Chiefs.
5: No. If anything, the value, I'm doing air quotes for value, is on red because they are red, and you're getting 5 to 1 on that. But I can also understand why there hasn't been red, because that punch flavor, it's not good. <laughs> Nobody likes to drink red when it comes to Gatorade's Power So I think by default, because I'm in full agreement with the flavor, um, if we're handicapping flavor, you got to go with the blue because the... The, uh, what is it? The Glacier. I think it's called the Glacier. That is a good one. That is very refreshing. Okay, a couple, refreshing. Of things, here.
3: A couple of things. First off, Glacier Freeze.
5: Glacier Freeze.
3: Glacier it's Freeze really is also not the, the pure blue one. That's like the light blue one. Like the turquoise Well, they one. don't
5: have a light blue okay. option.
3: All right, exactly. So technically, I think, it's that, blue. Would, I think that would fall under clear, technically. Um, but again, that's <laughs> why you don't really bet the into these things. Um, second, I've been disappointed in you on this show before. Namely, when you ranked your quarterbacks. <laughs> but never have I been more disappointed than when you With uttered the words flavors. that red is the worst flavor. Red, it, is clearly, drinks red. red is clearly the best flavor.
5: Orange and red are the two yes. worst flavors. So by default, don't even put your money on those because they are not drinking that. You cannot make, okay, well, no, you cannot gonna, make a roster of 60 players. <laughs>
3: I'll come over the top. You're wrong. But, <laughs> but if they are the worst flavors, then wouldn't you be more willing to dump those flavors?
5: No, because they're not on the sideline. Oh, only if we win, this entire bucket's going to be used for the celebration. Get the, get the Gatorade
3: that tastes like butt. Like, go and get that one and dump it on All right, coin toss results. I mean, have fun with this if you want.
5: Um, yeah.
3: You know, tails never fails. And in reality, the last 10, six out of fails. the last 10 have been tails. How about this? What shop was it that was offering actual straight-up odds? Um, you know, that some shop, was, it, was it DraftKings? Yeah, so DraftKings was offering plus 100 on both sides for the for the coin toss. How about that? No juice. Just go in there and grab it. Even money, 50-50.
5: If there is anything that I learned from my poker days, tails never fails. Just go with that always.
3: There are a lot of coin flips in poker.
5: So there's a lot of everything in poker. Yeah. Anytime that you had a chance to be a degen, hundred percent, dumb money.
3: <laughs> I generally lean toward the uh, the concept of tails never fails. It's tried and true. Uh, much like, you know, in college hoops, the ranked favorite at home over the, uh, no, excuse me, the unranked favorite at home over the ranked team, right? Mm-hmm. That tails never fails. Uh, two of the best ones out there. So you don't bet any of these. You don't like to have fun.
5: This isn't about having fun. If I'm going to be betting stuff like this, it would be like, hey, between me and you, you want heads, I want tails, and then we'll play for like the next stream. There's nothing better.
3: This is the best part about it is there's nothing better if you're watching a (laughs) Super Bowl in a book. And you have to have the sound on because everybody's betting heads or tails is one of the most (laughs) bet props that are there.
5: No, or when you're at a book or anywhere, actually, and you see everybody like this because they all have their timer on for the national anthem. How many minutes has it been? Everyone's focused on that. Speaking
3: of, Reba McIntyre's a quickie here. Uh, If you look at her past uh, national anthem performances uh, dating all the way back to 1974 is how far our database goes. Um, How about this? As short as a minute and five seconds. That was World Series game one in 1985 between St. Louis and Kansas City. Longest that we have in our database is 2010, which was a minute and 25 seconds. I like how in 1978 we just punted on the event. We just said it was a minute and 20 seconds. Um, But the, the research would tell you that this is going to be a pretty quick national anthem here for Reba McIntyre.
5: I do know myself some Reba McIntyre. I grew up um, in Texas, and my dad is a huge fan, so I would definitely agree with the— I'd like the ender on that right, if was, I had to bet it.
3: Well, gl- I'm glad that you like her, because since you've offended me with Gatorade flavors, I'll offend you. Reba <laughs> McIntyre singing the anthem in Las Vegas is a travesty. Chris
5: Stapleton was amazing.
3: It, she, she should my be. Favorite. She should not be singing the anthem here in Las uh, Vegas. I agree. She is not a Las Vegas person. Look, and if you say Wayne <laughs> Newton, you're wrong, too. <laughs> Okay? Should be Neo. That should be that oh should be God. the national anthem singer.
5: Or I think they had T Pain. T Pain. Wait, is he Vegas related?
3: No, but he's just an awesome singer.
5: Oh. <laughs> I think we definitely need a whole revamp on I'm not a big I'm not looking forward to the halftime show like what? I normally am. I'm I don't, I'm a, I do not i am not i do not know. Eh.
3: <laughs> Usher's awesome. Eh. <laughs> he's gonna open up with yeah. Lil John had a, does he still have a residency out here? Little John? Yeah. So 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 little John is a is a guy that has been part of this. So he's got Vegas ties. The obvious choice is for him and Ludacris to come out and they open with yeah. Confessions is gonna be awesome if they sing it at some point.
5: Usher's great. I think only because they're keeping it Vegas related, then Usher makes sense. But at least for like for myself or like a Hispanic and a, like I I want some more of the Latin vibes. When do we get that? Because we, I mean, had, we had, never really had it. We had Shakira. Yeah, but it was more J Lo than Shakira.
3: Not Shakira. It's Shakira. J Lo? Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Jennifer is Lopez. Okay. Right, right, we we'll should we'll have had J Lo. Uh, more. We'll take, we'll take a <laughs> break when we come back. We'll have actual picks for the actual game itself and uh best bets for the day, including college hoops. Don't go anywhere. Get a VEASAN Pro subscription for $199 for the entire year. We're going to give you 10% off. Just use the promo code LIVE, L-I-V-E. You can get everything we do for $199, daily best bets, betting splits, the big game betting guy coming out soon, and the daily write-ups in every single sport and more. Check it out now on all your options at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I can't believe what I was just told and heard. <laughs> she, it, you guys turned the mics off. Pam uttered the phrase, does the song Yeah by Usher have enough energy? To open up a concert
5: compared to what you just set, played, which have was, you heard the he, song? Yeah, you just played a song called "Scream," and yes. this like one is more like club techno, rave, whatever you want to call it, um, EDM, ED, EDC, whatever. <laughs> you play that in the club, yeah. It's more of like I don't know, you're you're like I don't I don't, I don't know. It's just not totally different vibes. Uh,
3: dude, <laughs> the energy in yeah would be nuts. It's just like it's it's one of the best songs.
5: It's probably more like mainstream.
3: Uh, yeah, 100. percent So
5: I would say that doesn't equate to like higher energy.
3: But it, oh, okay. We need to play this for you. Like, <laughs> you're too. You're too busy listening to system of a down and all this nonsense.
5: <laughs> I do. We, we I need to educate was, you was, on what is say. happening
3: here. I don't think you've heard the song. Yeah.
5: Listen to like thrasher metal and heavy like like rock and an alternative. It's, yeah. B-
3: by the way, I mean, t- correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the sample used for yeah is yeah. Right. Thank you very much. We appreciate. Yeah, but that. see
5: how much like slower it is. I'm talking about like no, the tempo oh, and pace. No, come on now.
3: By the way, is that I? I'm, I believe I'm correct. That is based off of a sample of uh, Crazy Train, Ozzy Osbourne. Is that uh, is that that song? I think that is the case for yeah. So there you go. I you would like choose Ozzy Osbourne, right?
5: I would like the one that you said, Scream, which isn't even on the odds board, which means that's a sneaky upset. The books know.
3: <laughs> well, and that is if you do bet into these markets, it's a good point to point out that. Uh, when it comes to those, if it's not listed, you lose.
6: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know, a lot of the times, if it's not there, like, well,
3: it wasn't any of the songs. So <laughs> make sure you check your odds uh, and check your rules if that's going to be the case. Uh, but a lot of the offers uh, out here in these states aren't going to have that. But yeah, is the favorite at plus 225. My Way is also the favorite, or excuse me, the co favorite at plus 225. Uh, DJ got us falling in love, 5 to 1. Loving this club, 6 to 1. Loving this club. That's a good one, too. 6 to 1. Uh, <laughs> OMG, 8 to 1. Boyfriend Superstar, 11 to 1. Those two. Uh, Uh, burn twelve to one. That might be a good one too. Uh, Good, good. Eighteen to one. My boo at twenty to one. Who's on my boo? Is it Alicia Keys? Yeah. Ooh, that's a sneaky good one too. She might make an appearance. Hmm. I can't wait for this halftime show. Uh, No, I don't think so. No, I'm just. I mean,
5: yeah. You know what? No, I don't know. You can. I I can also.
3: Over uh, three, over and, a half three and a half.
5: One is Vegas. Everybody's going to show up. I could even see like some type of collab with like Imagine Dragons, just because no, Vegas stop. loves. No, that's
3: terrible. Um, <laughs> Imagine Dragons. I, I absolutely not. Because if you go, if he's going to play, yeah, that's like hundred percent guaranteed. Whenever so it's going to happen. Well, yes, yeah, so you have Little John and Ludacris is on the song as well. Yeah. So you'd assume that Luda maybe pops up. So that's two people already. Already. And you just need two more.
5: Over. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch that we we don't know yet. Yes.
3: All right. We move on. (laughs) Uh, All right. Next up, best bets, I guess. I could do this forever. Um, Let's go to college basketball because I got a couple of bets later. Actually, I have one that's underway right now. I did lay five and a half with San Diego State. They're currently down two with uh, 12 minutes left to go in the first half at home against Danny Sprinkle and the Utah State Aggies. Good name, by the way, Danny Sprinkle. What do you got? So you you were looking at some college hoops today. It's a game that I have nothing on. So let's
5: go ahead and not call it a best bet. I am just like treading the waters. You know, I'm going I'm just going in light, dipping the toes, going opposite of what our guest earlier had. He liked the under on Duke UNC 150 and a half. I liked the over the line moved against me. The sentiment is that this is going to be a defensive battle. I'm kind of on the opposite end thinking that Duke's offense is on on the rise right now. they're shooting over 40% from beyond the arc in ACC play. And it starts with their player in Kyle Filipowski. He's coming off 14 points on a road win to Virginia Tech. Last year, nailed 22 in Chapel Hill. UNC, that defense, as strong as you want to make it out to be. Bottom 50 in opponents, opponent three rate. Duke's offense surging paired with having an average defense on their end. I think this is going to be a lot more faster pace. Neither defense is known for pressuring. The over has some value, in my opinion. <laughs> let Opposite of what somebody who actually knows what he's talking about. Who's that? <laughs> Tanner. He liked oh, okay. the under. That was one of his best bets.
3: Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you. Like, I haven't watched much Duke or North Carolina basketball to really have an opinion on it. Uh, generally, the contests have been a little bit more up and down in years past, but uh, two different teams. And if you're playing primarily through the post – Uh, I can get under. I can also get why this would go back and forth because neither really has an option for the other defensively. So I would say good luck to you. uh, (laughs) I'm going to watch. Can't wait to see it. These are always really fun games. Um, For me and College Hoops, we're actually 10 minutes away from tip here. As we talked about with Tanner, the spot of spots here for Texas A&M to take advantage of. Aggies uh, right now about uh, three. Actually, it's upwards of four-and-a-half-point favorites. This opened, Pam, one-and-a-half. So it speaks to the market and rightfully so coming in really hard on Texas A&M Florida coming off of consecutive and actually they played really well. They've won four out of five games, but consecutive overtime victories. We were here last Saturday. We were keeping track of this Florida game. They were leading the entire way. I stopped paying attention because they were up by a significant margin. And I look over and all of a sudden it's two minutes into overtime. So Florida blows that lead, but goes to overtime wins against Georgia. Then on Wednesday night, goes, takes on Kentucky, and upsets the Wildcats on the road in overtime. So you're talking about not only two consecutive overtime games, but coming off of an upset, one of the best teams in the country, now going on the road for a second consecutive game to take on a Texas A&M team, coming off a loss to Ole Miss. A lot of things the Texas A&M Aggies can do pretty well here, as you talked about with Tanner. So I think the market's getting this right. Now the question is, is it too late? And I would say yes. Like if you didn't get in on one and a half, two, two and a half, three, uh, I think it's a little too late now to come in at like four, four and a half with Texas A&M, but uh, I'm, on, I'm on Texas A&M here at late two and a half. I think they're in a pretty good spot against Florida, but this is going to be interesting because the market is all over this situation here for Florida A&M, or excuse me, for Texas A&M. And this is, we talk about this a lot in college uh, football when we would do our shows throughout live that Saturday and Sunday during college football season. In basketball, in college hoops, and in college sports in general, scheduling situations, all those sort of things, they do weigh very heavily in the handicap, and this is one of those. Right. So going to be very interested to see if Texas A&M can pull this thing off. And this was a small sprinkle just because, again, cool. like I feel like it's worth it. If if there's been a situation that has only happened now, this will be the third time in 30 years. It's it's pretty unique. Kansas has always been a very good program. The Jayhawks, I get it. Many people are down on it. And Houston's absolutely tremendous. Houston's a one-point favorite on the road against Kansas. Totals 135.5 or 135. I'll take the risk and back on the Jayhawks later tonight against Houston. I get it, right? Power rating-wise, Houston should be the favorite here. You know, Ken Palm, his projections, generally the market reflects that a lot of the times. His projection was Houston by five, but there Mm -hmm. is some market resistance here because this is only one. Kansas, I think, can rebound here with Houston. And Houston, not really a good first-shot offense, Pam. It's about generating second-chance opportunities. I think Kansas can keep them off the offensive glass, limit those second-chance opportunities. We're talking about a team that in the last 30 years or a program, the last 30 years, that has only been an underdog two other times on its home floor. They won both of those outright. This is a rare instance. And I think that we're maybe a little too far in one direction in terms of our our, our power rating here for uh, for Kansas. So I'll take a shot with the Jayhawks at home. How about that?
5: I will say sticking to the Big 12, one thing that I did notice because you mentioned Ken Palm is that in the Big 12, 10 teams are inside his top 35. Mm-hmm. So this could make March Madness really interesting for me as a casual uh college basketball spectator if you can give me at least eight of those teams then yeah i'm gonna be rooting for the i'll, I'll be the big 12 girl rooting for marsh madness yeah,
3: let's see right now joe nardi has got nine teams from the big 12 into the big dance right now um that's pretty good that would be of, really good yeah uh, in terms of uh the amount of teams that you're gonna have in here from the from for, in terms of the bubble your team uh, fighting for a pretty good win here on the road would help. There are the last four buys, so they're right on the cusp there. And it's actually been a pretty big week because a lot of these teams, when you look at like what's going to happen, because there's going to be, of course, as there always is, a lot of teams fighting for bubble spots. Teams like Nebraska, who got a massive win over Wisconsin at home the other day. But coming up tomorrow, Pam, again, you talk about situations. You're at home against Wisconsin. Wisconsin, you beat them 80-72. Then you got to go on the road against Illinois and fight this team that's got Terrence Shannon back. That seems like a really rough spot. And remember, too, Nebraska trailed that halftime 43-26 to 26 mm-hmm. in that game against Wisconsin, came storming back, forced overtime, and ended up winning that game. So Nebraska's a pretty interesting team in terms of bracketology and where they're going to be at. And, frankly, all these teams. And you brought up the Mountain West. What's, what's really fascinating is – all of these bracketologists, everything like that, at one point had six Mountain West teams into the NCAA tournament. I think it's rich because it's a conference that has a lot of teams that are similar to one another. That number is now down to five in terms of how many teams are going to make it into the uh, the, uh, tournament. And I do think that it's a conference where... You have a team like, you know, you can make fun of me, um, a team like UNLV, though, that's very, very talented, has a five-star prospect, freshman, a point guard, has been playing very well, that can beat anybody. And they showed it about two weeks ago when they went on the road, beat Boise State wire-to-wire, and covered as seven and a seven-and-a-half-point underdogs against Colorado State. So, Matt West, th- this is the best part. NCAA tournament time is great coming up in about a month and a half. But reality, college basketball, we're just getting over the halfway point in conference play. We're really seeing these teams get at it. It's awesome time of year, so this is freaking great. And we got the Super Bowl next weekend.
5: We have about 30 seconds left, and I will say the only other best bet that I have, Pam Maldonado minus 500 over the hypothetical Kelly in Vegas. Let's go.
3: Good, it's a good number. It's a good number to lay. It should be minus 750. My number just keeps going up and up and up. All right, we'll be back tomorrow on Live Bed Sunday. Uh, back to the normal time. We'll be on early uh, from 9 to 12 to take you through an early Sunday card in uh, the NBA, college, and just whatever else we want to talk about. Back to the D here, folks. We'll see you.